Good afternoon, I'm Leon Davis and this is Altitude Adjustment. Let me start the uh, this session off by sending my best wishes to the friends and family of those affected in the shooting at the Santa Fe High School near Houston, Texas. Also, um, my best to the emergency responders that were there to help those people in need. Welcome to... Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Okay, uh, a little quick on the trigger there. This is a try to, a little different opening, make it a little streamlined and faster. And I had hoped to have a um, more lighthearted show. I I look back over my shows and and I'm thinking uh, some of them can be a little seem a little um, I don't want to say dark, but uh, uh, not comedic in value. Um, and probably this one isn't going to be either, but, uh, after, uh, I had put together the open and things that I wanted to talk about on Wednesday and then on Friday, um, what happened in Santa Fe happened. And so though the show wasn't about what happened there, it's the, what happened afterwards that the show, um, is designed to address. So let me go back to my original open. Um, on Wednesday, I got out of the house, decided to um, have an opportunity to enjoy an evening out, and uh, the weather was great. And I went to uh, this restaurant. Now, the restaurant is not known for its quality of meat. Not It's not a high-dollar um, steakhouse but they offered prime rib. Now I've worked in, I worked in uh, the restaurant business for 16 years. And one of the, uh, I managed a steakhouse for about four or five of those. And I ate steak twice a day or, or um, beef products twice a day for five years. And I became uh, quite adapt at identifying quality of meat, understanding steak and, you know, what's a good steak and what's not. And prime rib is, it is one of the best, it is the best quality meat that you're going to, and it's really difficult to destroy prime rib. And there's really only one way to do that. Uh, and that is overcook it. Prime rib is so tender that you can basically cut it with a fork and when you overcook the meat, it becomes tough and stringy and it requires a knife to cut um, and it takes a while to chew. So you have to be conscious of that. And the, the process that we used to cook our prime rib, I mean, you put it in the oven, but you have to watch it for, uh, for so long. Um, you cook it by weight and then you make sure you put it in a place where it's not going to cook up once you remove it from the oven because you don't want that roast to cook, to overcook because it does destroy the quality of meat. And now some people may see that when I say that they may see me as being snobbish about meat, but prime rib is one of, to me, one of those meats that you, you enjoy prime rib. You don't, 
it's not just something to uh, eat and feel full. It is it is a, a quality meat, and you enjoy it. I, I have a tendency because of the what I've learned or the time that I spend in the steakhouse, I tend to have my meat medium rare. And there are a lot of people that just don't like medium rare meat. And it's mostly because of either the way it looks. Well, I'm going to say, but mostly because of the way it looks. They don't like the idea of raw meat or raw looking meat. But what you don't get, what you don't understand is that when you cook a, a steak past medium, you, you would, I would never encourage anyone to cook a steak past medium. But when you cook a steak past medium, you've basically turned it into uh, shoe leather. Um, you've taken all of the nutrition out of it, any, any nutritional value that's in it. Uh, and there are people who will argue that, but any nutritional value that's, that's uh, in the steak, uh, once you've cooked it medium well, it's, it's done. There's, there's no nutritional value. And then again, like I said, you might as well just take off your shoe and chew on that. Uh, it becomes tough. And so I encourage people to um, try a medium rare steak. Try a medium steak. You know, close your eyes if you have to. Just try the steak and you'll notice a difference. So um, I, I had the, the, the ordered the prime rib. The What had happened was I, I walked had ordered something else and had walked past this table on my way to pay for my meal. And I saw the prime rib and it looked like it was a medium rare um, and it may just have been the lights. It may have been um, maybe it's just that piece of meat that he's got. But I went back. I said, you know, I'd like to change mine. I, I want the prime rib. So the prime rib came out and it was medium well. And I, I debated for a second. Um, but I took it back. I said, is there any way you've got a medium rare back there? And they brought me out another piece of medium well steak. Um, so before leaving the restaurant, I, I considered going back up there and explaining why you don't overcook prime rib, why it's important uh, that that roast be medium rare. Cause you prime rib is a roast that you can actually cook up with au jus sauce. So if you pour hot au jus sauce over prime rib, it will actually cook up. It will become dunner. So you don't want to, to, to cook, overcook the roast in the oven or before you serve it. Um, it's better to undercook the roast than overcook it because you can always cook it up, but you can never cook it down. But my concern was, and, and I thought about it, if you don't like steak, if you don't like prime rib, if you don't eat medium rare meat, you're probably not going to understand why someone would get so caught up or so interested in making sure that that meat comes out medium rare. And I thought, so I could go back up, I could explain my point, I could make my case. But I didn't feel like anyone that could serve a piece of meat medium well and not say to the person, look, I'm sorry, we don't have any medium rare pieces of meat. You know, this is the best that this meat that's I'll be more than happy to give you your money back or 
give you something else or give you store credit or something. Recognizing that the quality of that meat changes with the temperature. So if, if they didn't show that in the process of cutting and serving that meat, what is the likelihood that I'm going to say something that's going to resonate? Because they felt comfortable enough serving that steak like that. I, I could not do it. I mean, if someone asked me for a medium well, I'd hold my nose and serve a medium well because the customer has the right to eat that steak the way they do. Um, so that made me think. I talk about, I named the episode Catch 22. And Catch 22, if you, if you didn't see the movie, it was an excellent movie. Uh, and it was about a Navy bomber or a, a, a bomber war, in World War II who wanted to get out of flying bombing missions. And so there was a problem. There was a Catch 22. And I'll share this with you real quick. Catch 22. Anyone who wants to get out of combat isn't really crazy, so I can't ground him. Okay. Let me see if I got this straight. In order to be grounded, I've got to be crazy. And I must be crazy to keep flying. But if I ask to be grounded, that means I'm not crazy anymore and I have to keep flying. You've got it. That's Catch 22. Woo! Okay. So... A catch 22 is just simply a situation where, um, there's circular logic and the circular logic keeps you from getting to a solution. It keeps you from getting to a place where something can get done. And with this sh shooting on, um, Friday, um, uh, this, this killing of the students on Friday, we started back into that same old conversation. I was, it was hard for me to once again say that I send my best wishes and we continue to do the exact same thing and make not minimal progress, absolutely no progress. Nothing has changed. No legislation. No minds have changed. There's just an increase in frustration because we're not getting anything done. And most of the solutions, almost all of the solutions that I have heard of things that they want to interact from the NRA, from uh, anti-gun um, opponents, um, have all been long-term. They're all going to take effect later. So um, there was, an, and I didn't get the clip, but there was a uh, interview between uh, Alison Camerata and Dana Loesch. And it kind of, it was, it kind of typified what's happening around the gun debate and some of the laws that we're trying to implement in our country right now. So, I, so I'll use that as part of the discussion. Um, so they had the discussion and they both put forth ideas, but they were both yelling at each other. And I don't want to say yelling as in 
angrily yelling, but they were both trying to overtalk each other. They were both trying to get their point in and the other person um, was supposed to listen. So neither one of them was listening to the other person. Um, they both put forth an idea that doesn't solve the problem immediately, but is eventually going to solve the problem. And we've got people dying and we don't have any solutions that are going to stop the dying today. That means eliminate having another school shooting on Monday morning when school starts. And then at the end of the conversation, both of them say, well, well, you know, uh, they gave the fake platitudes and, and it appears fake platitudes uh, because they say, well, uh, Camerata says, we're glad to have you on for the discussion. And um, Loesch says, uh, I'm glad you had me on. And I'm glad we've had this conversation and it's productive. No answers came out of it. No potential directions came out of it. Nothing you could classify as beneficial came out of that. So at the end of it, we were just where we were before the conversation started and probably would have been better off had the conversation not been had. And so we're at a catch 22. And one of the things that I, first I'd like to apologize. I don't know if you saw the advertising that I created for this podcast and, uh, You'll get to see it on the, if you hang around to the, to the close and you, if you're watching the, the uh, video version. And, um, so I go on to explain the catch 22 uh, circumstances from which there is no escape. And then I ask the question, are we at the point of no return? And what I'd like to apologize about for is, as I don't try to use titillating titillation as a way to get viewers. And I, and I feel that that comes across as titillating. What I'd like to do is try to find ways to get solutions and answers to problems and situations that we are dealing with. And titillation uh, does not help. How we talk to each other is extremely important. And even that is taking a beating in this current environment. Um, we use terms like left and right and conservative and um, oh, um, some of the other terms, but we don't use them as a way to categorize or to identify a position. We use them as a an instrument of a blunt instrument to beat up on the other person. So some people say on the left, they don't mean um, left ideology. What they mean is those lefties. And it's, it's not intended to identify people who have a more um, liberal view of liberal. Another word. Um, so if someone calls you a liberal, it's not intended to identify your politics it's intended to label you so that someone who is a different view than you can um, get emotionally angry at you and has nothing to do with trying to identify what answers or solutions that you're trying to provide or so our conversation about solutions has become extremely toxic and that's 
not something you can't hear everywhere. Local, local news, national news, international news. And so as we try to beat up on each other, we have we move further and further away from each other of trying to find a solution. And one of the things that is is does not help the situation is that one side feels that any concessions is not doable. If you give an inch, um, we lose. And then the other side tries to shame, use shame, um, use emotion to try to reach those people who, who are steadfast in their beliefs. And, and the more that they try to reach those people, the further back those people pull from the conversation, because that to them is a sign of weakness. So there it, we're in a catch 22. Every attempt you make to reach out reflects that the other side is winning. And if the other side is winning, they have no, in, no incentive to try to reach out and reach some kind of consensus and give a little ground. We haven't even identified what is giving ground. We use terms like, uh, we use labels like conservative and liberal. What does that mean? How many, how many points of, um, how many ideas do you have to have to be considered liberal? How many ideas do you have to have? What, what are your ideas to have to have to be conservative? If you are, if you believe in, um, and we, we've this pro-life, you, you can't even say pro-life and, and say what that means. Um, some people say pro-life means anti-abortion. But some people say that pro-life doesn't mean anti-abortion. It means something else. And so we, we haven't, our language, how we talk to each other should give ideas about the ideas that we're trying to put forth. What has happened is no matter how you try to reach someone, the ideas that you are putting forth are then labeled or termed in such a way as be, to be attacking and rather than searching for answers so that we can find solutions to things that are occurring in our society so that we can move forward. Um, the, we passed uh, the uh, tax cut bill. And that was as contentious as you can get. Um, we don't, we haven't even defined how we know that it works. We put that into place without any kind of metrics to determine if it was going to be successful or not. 
We don't know if it can be successful. We have no way to measure it. What you, what I've seen a lot, and it, and it just may be the uh, news that I've seen, but over the past week, there was Spike Lee used um, motherfucker and um, just language that you don't normally see in a public forum. Um, there was uh, the teacher who was gunned down in her driveway in front of her house um, because she was accused of having had relationships with a 17 year old. And so I, I see that we're, there's a the growing frustration. The more toxic response to that. When she she wasn't even judged by a jury to have been found guilty of anything. We've we're starting to ignore our legal system. The thing that I think was put in well that was put into place to help us not be barbaric to not just uh, vigilante justice to accuse someone of something and then hang them or uh, um, enforce punishment on them without a fair trial without understanding the circumstances and and I'm not saying that um, Spike Lee, I'm, I don't want to conflate the two, the, the teacher getting shot and Spike Lee's comments. Um, they were to just show that we are becoming more aggressive in our public discourse uh, because those two items don't conflate together. They're, they're totally different. Uh, one is um, probably more acceptable in a, in a, civilized manner yes he may use have used harsh words but it is still words and we can still uh, come back from that and we can still have a, a sane discussion um killing the teacher she can't come back from that if they if there's some reason that that was wrong that that was incorrect that she did not uh, do what she was accused of it is a permanent final solution and so the the concern that I I see is we've we've reached a point where um, we don't want to talk to each other we want to talk at each other we want to um, say what I believe is correct and you should capitulate to that So how do we get, does this have to run its course? Does this anger, does this frustration, does this um, badgering and beating each other have to run its course or is this the new norm?
for years. Um, it was thought that, you know, um, so there's a, pol a polite way to address things. And you can find a way to flip someone the bird um, verbally without using the F word. But that became a bad thing because it was called um, political correctness. It was, that's a bad thing to be politically correct. To not say something derogatory to someone's face is a bad thing. To respect someone's space is a bad thing to respect someone's um, the person uh, to try to include everybody in the conversation. That's what political correctness was supposed to do. It was supposed to find a way to to include everyone in the conversation. But it but someone has somehow it has turned out to be a negative. It's a bad thing. So you don't want to be politically correct. You don't want to be seen as someone trying to include everyone else in the conversation. And that's where we used to be. We used to be trying to find ways to include everybody in the conversation. And that has become extremely difficult and extremely problematic. How do you include someone? How do you, how do two people talk? When one side doesn't believe you should exist. And in, in that conversation, in that space, how, how do you have a conversation with someone who will openly call for your execution or um, openly call for you to be hurt, harmed or arrested or to be mistreated? But yet they are still a part of the society. And so how do we address those? How, how we address those people is important. So in the, in the course of doing this, we've tried to, in, to have uh, a, a stabilizing figure in a, in the president or in our leadership for them to set precedent, to set the tone, to help shine the light on the way we should try to address each other. So what happened was in this last election, we elected someone who didn't want that mantle, who did not want to set civility as the method of communication, but accomplish their goals through intimidation, through agitation, through confusion. But they weren't, they are not the leader of that. They are actually the result of that. So, 
how do we break out of when 50% of the country felt it was okay that the ends justify the means that it is not important how we get there, but that we go where I want to go. So, so my question on this one was, um, have we reached a point of no return? And um, I think it was a titillating question. So I'll rephrase it. Um, how do we get to a point where we can start being um, better citizens to achieve more for everyone? I don't know if we have to run its course or we have to just learn to adapt in this new environment um, and harsh words and pushing and shoving and not listening to each other. And it's just all a matter of who has the most power that is going to win out in the end. Um, I would like your op your input on that. What do you, what do you think? Um, I think it, it just has to run its course. Um, hopefully it's a short course, but it, we do need to push back against it and, and how we push back against it is going to be important. Um, shame does now no longer seem to work. Appeals to emotion no longer seems to work. Um, so what are, what other tools do we have that we, logic doesn't even seem to work because we, many, many people are using logic, using um, facts and figures that don't have any real truth behind them to make their point. And how do you, how do you have a reasonable discussion with someone who does not want to be reasonable? I'm not, the difficulty is, is that no one person or no one group is always going to be right. So if you're not always right, then someone can look at what you're doing and say, you're no better than than I am. You haven't accomplished anything better than I have because you're not honest or you've made mistakes. And if you can make a mistake, then why not? I can't make a mistake. And that's, and that's a fair argument. But if we don't have all of the same goals, if we don't find some point where we can relate to each other, then it's going to be difficult to ever come to a consensus as a group. Um, I look forward to being back with you next week and you can uh, replay this version, this video version of the podcast on YouTube. You can search for lion's den STL on YouTube to find the channel. Now, the audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Podcast.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Music Play Store, and recently uh, added to Anchor.fm. 
The internet is powered by your likes and shares and comments. So please share and comment on this episode where you find it. And that's because it matters. Remember to be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.